All right, then, perfect allies. We are back at you with part two of the boys. The boys. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out on Amazon Prime. No, just kidding. Uh, right. We're talking about W.E.B. Du Bois, who's the author of The Spirit of Black Folk. Souls of Black Souls Folk. Souls of Black Folk. God, I keep but, messing but up the mentions, title. God. He mentions The Spirit of Black Folk, yes. But oh, it's, it's all good, Rich. It's all good. We are in perfect allies mm-hmm. here, if you haven't. <laughs> figured that out already we make mistakes mm-hmm. we have flaws and i think that's the most human thing about us so it is dope okay yeah <laughs> man yeah. yeah so we were talking last week um kind of gave an intro on on who du bois was a sociologist that was raised in massachusetts and was educated in uh, uk and in the united states uh first you know, first Harvard, um, first black man to graduate Harvard uh, with a doctorate, right? Is that what it is? Doctorate, yes, yeah. sir. And uh, you know, and then he 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 basically is the inventor of sociology. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wow. uh, you know, so uh, which is a, a, a science a study of, of people. And um, one of the concepts that came up at the end of the show uh, was the veil. So, Chris, could you kind of give us a breakdown of what the, what he was talking about when he was talking about? So that? for for. Our long-term listeners, you've probably heard me discuss this many different ways um, throughout our show. And so the veil is this thin, and, and if you think, you know, actually what a veil is, if you think of a, maybe a woman that has a veil, or like when you're getting married, the, the, the bride might have a veil mm-hmm. over her face, right? And so this thin veil, you can see through the veil, right? You can, you can interact with the world externally with the veil there. Um, and, but if you're black, you're kind of born into the veil. So you actually don't know you're not seeing things without the veil on. You just that's mm-hmm. actually life as it exists. And the veil doesn't get lifted until the moment you have woken up. That's kind of where woke kind of come from as well. So the veil is this thin layer of reality that says somewhere that you as a black person are the problem here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you are the peculiar thing in the society. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything around you is normal, but you. That's the thin veil. And Du Bois introduces it when he was in school on some like it's kind of like a Valentine's Day traditionally is the way we do things in America here. Valentine's Day, all the kids bring little treats and cards for everyone, and you kind of share. You know, will you be my Valentine? Things of that nature. And so Du Bois is in an integrated school. Um, if you've seen the photo of my dad in, in his school, it, it, it's probably much like this picture. Yeah. Uh, this lone black man in this this uh, sea of white, young white student mm-hmm. or young black boy um, in the sea of white students. And he gives a card to a young lady and she gives him a look of just pure disgust. He's like, I'm not accepting this. What makes you what? Why would you? Mm. And in that moment. He sees every other kid passing cards and he goes, oh, I'm not the one that can pass the cards because of this thin veil mm-hmm. of blackness. Mm-hmm. And that that was his moment um, or he recalls that moment as, a, as one of his first waking up moments. And, and that would be the veil. And I've I've yeah, I've seen the veil. The veil. Yes, yeah, real. It's real. <laughs> I mean, right. it's real. Definitely gotten those rude awakenings in one of the stories I share is when I went to a bar trying to get in and told me I couldn't wear I couldn't have the the jeans I had on. Right. And I thought he meant the the pants that I was wearing, but he was talking more genetically jeans. Yeah. And at the time, it was just mind blowing. One, I was an adult. Uh, I was yeah, an adult technically. I think I was nineteen. So, uh, and I'm a comedian, so I, you know I laugh everything off. But but the veil's real. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's real. Yeah. And I think that I think that 
what I have seen in my experience with a white culture, being inside of it, being a part of it, is um, they there is a real hesitance to acknowledge that mm. because of the laws that are in our country. Uh, you hear oftentimes that it's a free country and we all have equal rights. And um, while on the books that may be true, uh, we see time and time again that it is um, that bail exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we pay attention to people, to people's experience, you know, and yeah. and to the numbers. So um, uh, yeah, so I think it's it's a concept that I think there's two major responses to. One is denial, and the second is, well, I've got a veil too, and mm-hmm. my veil is socioeconomic. Mm-hmm. I'm born to parents that never supported me and I'm in a small town or uh, a place where poverty reigns and nobody gets out and it's just generational poverty and it's just as bad as any other veil so I've got a veil too. Hmm. Instead of acknowledging the specific experience of um, specific shared experience of a group and and making changes to how I do things or we do things as the uh, as the culture in power uh, to correct <laughs> this um, systemic problem. Yeah. Um, but again, I, uh, the, and, and and maybe even the third is, or maybe this part of denial is, it doesn't matter what your individual view is, and it's not my job to regulate that or to change what I do so that you're more you feel more comfortable. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, 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 say that again. <laughs> so when someone denies that, that the veil exists, mm-hmm. I think I hear oftentimes that what should I change? Why should I change something about myself so that your life is better? But, or or mm. that to acknowledge that, that this thing is real, uh, to make changes, um, one, because I'm a majority a majority culture. Most people here look like me. Most people um, have the same culture as I have. So why would I make a change to to incorporate uh, a minority culture? Wow. Yeah. That's the most American thing I've heard. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 the truth. That was yeah. Why why would I have to change for you to create a better world for you? Mm-hmm. That's so interesting and. You know, I, I I struggle with the veil because we talked about in the previous episode just about how much you can validate your own worldview and your own existence. And, you know, my understanding of the veil being true is based on my own personal experiences yeah. of it. And, you know, I, 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 I attempt to challenge that, not facetiously or because I'm anti-black or anything like that. Sure. Um, but just, just to know. And when I hear... Yeah, but I'm, I have a veil too. One, it does instantly piss me off because yeah. it's it is um, dismissive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so so it's this it's this convoluted feeling of hearing the veil, hearing that well, I have a veil too. Mine is this or mine is that, and me trying to reconcile with. But how do is it like is it okay? Like I I feel like it's not okay that I have this veil, and you know how do we remove it because yeah, it's. I don't even know if you know you ha- you've put this veil on me. Like I like yeah. first I need you to at least be aware that the veil is there. And if you're like, well, yeah, we all got veils. It's like that's well, you don't have this veil. Like yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know that much. Um, yeah. So can we talk about this veil and and how long can we talk about it? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too. Like the other thing too that we have to acknowledge, and and I think I have a harder time with this uh, than you. Like you're you 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 see progress. <laughs> <laughs> in a much better, I think, a more even keeled way than I do. But but um, but I will say that like the veil is different now. 
I think it, I mean, and this is just, you, you tell me, but this is my observation. Okay. That, um, that there are spaces in the country where, where race is no longer uh, the utmost demarcation. So, so um, there are black billionaires, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that is absolute progress from 150 years ago. 100%. I, I, but I don't know. I don't know. So that feels to me like progress. Like there may be spaces where that veil is lifted or where the mm. equal footing is had. Individual really veils have been lifted. Maybe so. Yeah. 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 I would 100% agree with that. I, I, I mean, I don't, but know, I don't, it may be a misconception. Well, I'm saying, I also admit that it may be a misconception of what he's talking about because. Well, so, yeah, yeah, that's a misunderstanding. Too. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I believe that there have there are individuals. So, OK, here we go. <laughs> the veil is in front of me. Like mm-hmm. I have a veil in front of me. Mm. My ability to lift and remove that veil is solely up to me. Mm. I, I I don't know how anyone else could remove the veil. And so if there are people that are interacting with the world and the veil has been lifted, that's on their own achievements. Mm. And at any time someone else can try and re put the veil on them. Yeah. And they will be oblivious to it. You know, I think my dad is a perfect example of someone who didn't see the veil for a long time. Uh, then the veil has been introduced to him, and now he's like, oh, I see the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's slightly different from seeing the veil and then removing the veil. Mm-hmm. You know, So my dad was operating where he was just had a delayed in, um, knowledge of the veil, and that's not what I'm talking about. And I, I think that might be different from what you're referencing of people living without it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's possible to remove – like I don't think there are spaces where the veil is removed. Okay. I, I – Maybe the veil is thinner in some places. Okay. Um, and I think there are some individuals that have learned to remove the veil. Mm. And that is solely on their own work, and it's not. And that, and that is, and that to me is one of the most American things you've ever said. <laughs> 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 because, because it's the systemic thing that was put in place. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're saying that only an individual can remove that. From and, themselves. From yeah. themselves, right? And so, and I think that there is, I think that there is some individual responsibility and some collective responsibility. Yeah. That's what I, that, I to me, I, I, don't, so, I, I don't know. Well, and, and, and to find a, a middle ground that we always try and find, to me, the, the social responsibility is to address and identify the veil. Like mm-hmm. my dad was done a disservice to not know about the veil until he starts his own company right. and is trying to do uh, something that's truly remarkable. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you know, there's a veil, bro. You're not getting through it. Mm-hmm. That to me is is I have anger when I when mm-hmm. I reflect on those things because to me that's malicious. Yeah. Whereas being introduced to the veil and taught the veil and you know that's why I don't have a problem with critical race theory because it's identifying a veil and it's getting students to know that so before they're 18 they're like yeah 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 I know and I know I already know how to get past the veil like that that to me is progress not removing the veil because i don't know if that's possible in all circles you know you mm. might go to one city where the veil is thin and then you go to another city where that veil is concrete <laughs> you know? yeah. like you, yeah. and and how do you interact in those spaces if you don't even know if you haven't even been prepped for it so mm. um uh, that and again this is me a year doing imperfect allies you know i yeah i i, I don't know how i'll think about this a year from now but to me i'm constantly trying to understand how to remove the veil myself and um and and specifically i'm talking about the racial veil because apparently like you said there are other veils yeah and um 
And if that's true, if that's the reality, then then you know I, I haven't even begun facing another one. So so maybe the real struggle is the reason why the veil is so thick for black people is that they have all the other veils. Oh, yeah. and a race veil. Yeah. You know, it's like oh well, you don't have this one. I know you don't have this veil. Yeah, and and that's um, what needs to, I t- I think needs to be acknowledged by uh, the groups that are in power. Mm-hmm. Um, is 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 uh, it's okay to say I have problems too. Um, you know, everybody's in the hospital. Uh, everybody doesn't need heart surgery. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't need to doesn't need a cast on their leg. You know, um, yeah. Like we we and to ignore like, oh, you you just broke your leg. You don't have you don't need heart surgery. So you're for the you know therefore uh, uh, heart surgery or broken legs don't matter. <laughs> right. All, yeah. all injuries matter. Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's kind of to me. It's kind of a ridiculous argument. Uh, you know, it's. It's it's one of those things that like we have to listen to people uh, that are different than us and yeah. listen to their experience and 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 um, and work with them. Well, like and 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 when we when we see it, and this is another thing that white people deal with is like when they see it and when they're we've got all these woke white people now and in, in well really all over the world mm-hmm. and and what they're they're using the same tools to um, to create progress that that brought them to the place that brought us to the place that we are instead of like trying to like lead black movements or, or, you know, like straight people leading gay movements or, you know, it's, 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 um, they're doing things without listening to the population. It's the Aunt Jemima, mm-hmm. taking out, taking down Aunt Jemima, taking off, off the shelves, uncle Ben off the shelves, putting up black lives matter, pl- uh, street, you know, mm-hmm. in, in 40 yeah. cities, painting the block, and nothing gets changed. So it's it's great that it acknowledges the problem. Absolutely, there's this acknowledgement, and that's to me that's progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but but I think that there are things that we can do systemically that um, that can that can lift it. Mm. That could at least that could at least uh, we could enforce like we do with uh, hate crimes or like we do with murder or any other crime like. We can enforce as a society and say this is not okay with us, mm-hmm. and we're not going to allow practices to let these things continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in from our official like from our government. So that brings up an interesting point that Du Bois actually reflects on in his book is you, you you're kind of referencing policy change and and the creation of that. And during Reconstruction, you know the way things were stabilized um, was through military force. So. Yeah. During Reconstruction, we actually had our, all our first black politicians. Yeah. Right. In 1867, you know, 68, right? I remember yeah. the first time I cracked open a book. It was like, first black um, uh, justice. And mm-hmm. it was just like, 1860. I'm like, what? Yeah. How, where he at? Like, how, what <laughs> happened? You know, I didn't understand this big gap of Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the only way that those things were instilled was through government action. And um, the military was there. Well, yeah. so during this time when um, Lincoln gets assassinated and there's a big political change and upheaval, there's an argument that the boys talks about. The North is like, look, we can't keep doing these things by force. That's just right. we have to change this. And the South was like, look. We're not letting y'all do this by government either. Like you, you aren't going to keep sending these uh, Yankees down. That's not how this is going to work. Right. And so then everyone goes, well, then I guess it's by the ballot. That's the only way. And then you get um, suffrage and um, you get the the right to vote for black men uh, who were previously slaves or enslaved. And that notion 
was like, okay, this is the level playing field. We'll open it up to where everyone has the right to vote. But instantly you see voting be the new line for Jim Crow, the new battlefield for um, creation of the rules. Yes. And if we can keep black people out of this arena, we're going to win. And they've done that for years very successfully. Yeah. Even so to, I mean, I had this worldview for a long time and a lot of young people do, but black young people might have it for a specific reason is why do, why does it even matter? Cause it's, it's not about me. It's not for me. And yeah. that's all a tactic. That's all designed. And it's been done that way for black people intentionally. Like don't right. come here. This is not for you. You don't want to be involved in this. Right. And that's on purpose. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that this last election in Georgia shows you that it, it's possible for the black vote to count oh, and yeah. to matter and to make and to make progress and change in the country. And it's also very hard, very, very hard. And it takes allies and it takes it takes people to believe black people when they tell about their experience uh, to move them to vote in the interests of all Americans and not just not just the majority. Mm hmm. You know. Yeah, there's so many hurdles put forth, and it's by design, right? Uh, and and it's it's on the books as early um, as you know the Jim Crow South. And what the the thing that Du Bois kind of reflects on is how the system is bad, and even if you operate within it, it's corrupted. It's because he's seen swindlers, right? Yeah. And and these people are designed to swindle. It's almost just how it's baked into the system. Yeah, and you have to be cognizant enough bright enough have access enough to overcome swindlers not everyone has that right not everyone has the privilege to do that and you know the boys talks about seeing a former slave who then gets some ownership to their their land yeah. pays for their land then a white swindler says you haven't paid for the land they pay for it once over again mm -hmm. the swindler says hey we're gonna take your land if you don't pay he's like i paid he's like no you didn't he pays again just to then end up foreclosing on it and the banks take the land eventually yep and so you know you have this pernicious culture that has the red tape and the red like you got to read the fine print and you got to go through all this work to to um be yep. legitimate and that's part of how we hold people down mm -hmm. and how we make voting um, another place where we're going to add a lot of red tape because we don't want you to have access to changing how everything runs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think bureaucracy is white magic, as we talk about in the show. And I can't it, comprehend it, by the way. Like, I, I haven't le leveled up to even know how to begin. Well, that's what, but that, I think it's, by again, by design. If, 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 if we put enough, okay, so, all right, so, you know, black people are free now, okay, um, but they're not educated. And so they don't have any idea about the law and stuff like that. So I can use that to exploit and to to maintain control. Um, and 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 that those systems that are in place that then uh, they'll hire black people. You know, like mm. you know the 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 IRS is the IRS and the government agencies hire a lot of a lot of black people. And they to me. Um, a lot of the bureaucracy, while some some is probably important. I mean, we do need like safety regulations, and we do need to know where how we're spending our money and things like that. There are some things in place that that the structure of the system is 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 needed, but there is this other level mm -hmm. that seems to be um, put on put on uh, specifically voting. So now, so now we're. Um, you know, in Jim Crow, it was, well, you had to read oh, or you had to, oh, well, it's going to cost. Well, we got to run this. We can't run this facility on just our funds alone. So we need and poll tax. Poll tax. I mean, how are we going to have a democracy if we don't pay for it, y'all? Mm -hmm. 
right? And we'll do a we'll do a moderate sum. It won't be very much, but in reality, it was a lot to people. Right. And, and the the voter laws can be the voter laws that are going on now uh, can be seen as the same thing. ID laws, um, uh, not being able to to uh, you know hand out food or water to people in these long long lines. Things like that. There's, there's yeah. the gerrymandering is another one that's in place that 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 counties are cut up in such a way that uh, they are not diluting the vote, diluting the vote, not not representing the majority of that particular piece mm-hmm. of the county or of the state. And um, the Supreme Court has said that's okay. That's totally fine. We're not gonna we're not going to get involved. We don't see that it's a constitutional issue. It's not it's not infringing on the folks to write when you have. Um, you know, say there's three three million Hispanic voters, and those are chopped up into into ten different blocks, and they're the minority in each block. In each block, yeah. Then, then there you go. Then we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, a minority like uh, lead the majority. Mm-hmm. You know, when the majority of the country is progressive, the majority of the country is like, yeah, we want equal rights. We want to break down these systems. We want to stop. Uh, you know, we want to stop police you know killing killing uh, folks who want this prison industrial complex to stop but the voting but but the people that get voted for um because of these systems that are in place uh don't represent those interests and maybe that's the definition right again we talk about how flawed language is you know representation means you have the right to vote it doesn't mean that your population density is going to be accounted for like and maybe that's those so. those things are the things that need to change because if you're a Supreme Court justice and you're looking at it and again justices and the Constitution the big debates at the very beginning were what do these words even mean mm-hmm. that was the original struggle with the Constitutional Convention yeah and you have your anti-federalists who are like these words mean exactly what they say and yeah. you have your your federalists who are like nah these words they got they got, they have meanings and connotations mm-hmm. and so you know this is the same debate is if i'm a justice and i am for you know how things are and we know how it's more what judge justices are on the bench right yeah. we we understand how that that works yeah um if the word representation means they have the right to vote then yeah i'm not gonna look at this twice they can vote who cares they're voting you know but it's like well but their representation has been doctored it's like has it the voting is the representation can they vote all right you know so um, but, I, then, I, I, but then we we come and run into things like we've done for the last decade mm-hmm. where the popular vote meaning the majority of people have voted for someone who has not mm-hmm. won right over and over again and so um it, you know but probably 20 years right it happened with bush it happened with uh bush uh yeah al, it gore, and- al gore it happened with um it happened with clinton mm-hmm. um you know when she ran and i yeah so uh it's happened a lot <laughs> and the, to be fair the foundation of voting was built so that the elite are the ones that making the decisions. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know if everyone is aware of that, but that's literally how it, it was put on the books. They don't want majority books. rule. Yeah, they, yeah don't. they don't want that. Mm-hmm. It's it's designed for the elite to be the ones picking the president. Yeah. And um, again, suffrage for white men who weren't college educated. That, you know, that, that was another level of we're extending democracy because, hey, I mean, honestly, we don't want to extend it this direction, mm-hmm. but people are fighting for it, and Andrew Jackson is a, a proponent for it. So, 
I, and that just goes to the boys talking about how the system is broken and and he he again just disagrees with Booker T because he understands that the Booker T worldview will lead to you being manipulated and a victim of the system yeah. over and over. Um, So I want to read this quote from Du Bois just because it talks about the veil, but it it leads us perfectly into our next conversation. Uh, So Du Bois says, Mm. after the Egyptian and the Indian, the Greek and the Roman, the Teuton and Mongolian, the Negro is a sort of seventh son born with a veil and gifted with a second sight in this American world, a world which yields him no true self-consciousness but only lets him see himself through the revelations of the other world. It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels this two-ness, an American, a Negro, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. Mm-hmm. Man, that is, I mean, that's my black existence. I, I, I question if it's all black existence. Sure. But it's definitely, definitely mine. It's just this double consciousness that the veil creates. And um, I, I think that's something we should discuss for so, sure. So, yeah. So the idea of double consciousness is, you know, tied to this. And I'm wondering if you feel that all the time. Um, I feel it when I'm with myself all the time. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think I don't recognize it. Well, no, maybe I do feel it all the time. I feel it a lot. I, I will say that. Um, I, I can be absent-minded at times. I think, oh, when I don't feel it, feel it is when I'm working with students. I think that's the, oh, the wow. place where I'm completely free of any kind of double consciousness. And it's just student, teacher, you know, that's all that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting because I because I I'm thinking about folks that are detractors of this and 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 uh, I think everybody has this at some level. Uh, not in this particular area. I think mm-hmm. there's another one. Uh, there are other other. Uh, so I think further on down the line, Orson Welles talks about this in Doublethink hmm. uh, in his book 1984, and it's the, the so he defines doublethink and uh, is a process of indoctrination whereby the subject is expected to simultaneously accept two mutually contradictory beliefs as correct, often in um, contravention to one's own memories or sense of reality. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's the, you know, that concept is, is what he brings up in that uh, dystopian novel, um, you know, well, probably a hundred years later after this, after this was written. But uh, to me, that it shows that the concept in, uh, is alive and well mm-hmm. and, um, and possibly holding, holding whites back from mm. understanding the black experience. Mm, interesting. Because interesting. how can it be true that we're a country of equals? And there are people, millions of people saying they're unequal. Hmm. Those two things can't be true. Mm-hmm. Those things are those that, you know, that, that cognitive dissonance is there. And how do we have those two things in place? When in reality, I think those two things are in place. And so you have to kind of, you have to hold those two things in your head at the same time. And, and, and believe that like the foundation, foundationally, um, well, I'll only say foundationally because foundationally it wasn't an equal country. I think that as we've been a country, we've progressed to a more equal and equitable society. Um, but we have to recognize that those things are, are still not, it's still not fully a free country. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's 
you know, I, I'm, I'm confused for a couple of reasons. One, the real, the reality that double consciousness and double think are one and the same, but and they may be different. They may be different. Well, yeah. So, so we'll have to inspect that a little bit. But at this current state, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them as similar, mm-hmm. and one is what white people might yeah. know might be aware of double yeah. think you know mm-hmm. and i've never heard of double think you're just dropping this on me and i'm like oh, oh okay this is this has been around um, yeah as soon as i read and, about it i was like oh that i wonder if this is what orwell was talking about or at least the one of the new the an earlier idea that orwell, orwell brought up but i don't know that orwell yeah. would, would have said would, would attribute this to du bois i don't know the relationship but with him you know how he would yeah. solve uh, those issues so that's interesting um yeah if he would if it, if it's accredited, mm-hmm. if it's credited to the boys, because um, because Orwell his, saw his it as a, a Orwell saw it as a as a system of control, and the boys I think sees it as just a reality of what's going on. There's no, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know that he he talked it in that language. Uh, well, about. so right now I I when you said it. So this is so this so from a black perspective, I was like, yeah, it's just the veil in his life as a black person. Then you're explaining it, and then I can instantly free it from the construct of race. Mm. Once you sh- you're sharing a similar thing, it's like, oh, okay. So maybe this is how the individual meets the collective. Mm. You know, maybe this is this double think, this uh, double consciousness, warringness within oneself is. The self and the group and the group yeah. is controlling we've we talked about how the collective is controlling in a way sure. and um i think that double consciousness is actually the now this is all randomly coming out of my head so I, okay. I, I haven't thought about it so. yeah. um, but this this is this is how co-regulation happens is mm. you understand the rules of the space you're in regardless of your own axioms and mm. you you're, you're juggling that and then you were always warring with oneself do i do i ignore the society that i need and just be me or do i um or do i just assimilate mm-hmm. and that is controlling and is is not free and uh it seems oppressive for sure mm. um and the 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 double consciousness that the boys is talking about Man, I was with my therapist mm. arguing it, uh, like trying to conceptualize. Am, am I wrong? Am I like, man? This it was a it was a wild wild conversation that luckily my therapist is willing to sit with me mm-hmm. through because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she understands that I yeah I am who I am. But it was an existential crisis, and and when she said it sounds like you're having an existential crisis, I was like, yo, that's a privileged word. Like that's a white people thing. <laughs> that's what you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Don't don't put that on me. Yeah. But it it was actually very clear that that's where I was at, and mm. still am. Um, which is I ironic because that's also what the Bois is going through is yeah. that existential crisis um which i i don't know if it comes from privilege of being able to think about how you think right like if you're worried about your food on the table you don't have time right. to sit here and pontificate about how you think and see the world and your worldview but um i i'm just mind blown and confused about how human this thing just got Mm-hmm. versus it being black and a racial thing and and you were saying how white people can't really escape that double consciousness of you know how could it be equal and not be and there be inequality and black mm-hmm. people are stuck in the same one of like how can it be that i chase money and and use white magic but stay true to my heritage like how how mm-hmm. am i supposed to do this this is not even like I, I i was losing my mind with my therapist because i kept coming back to the 
what I know as devilish things mm. and sinful things. But mm. it's like, but how else am I supposed to survive? You mm-hmm. know? And it's like, am I am I supposed to be aware of the consciousness of my heritage and the roots and, and the things that I have? Um, or am I supposed to be um, ignoring those and being free and being an American and mm. dropping all that at the door? And being seen through the white lens which is my life you know that's that's the i mean we talk about different things on the show a lot but my wife my life is very quote-unquote white it just is yeah i I can't get around that i i can't ignore that but it but then my dual doubling warring self is like is this wrong i Mm. I need to be in blacker spaces i need Mm. to be black as hell like that's sure it's always a battle and um you know, I don't, I don't know how to end. I don't know how to quiet the mm-hmm. war. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, um, I mean, it feels like Du Bois is saying throughout the book that um, the first step of that is acknowledging that that's going on, acknowledging that this is a reality, and putting putting systems in place to um, to work within that that. Uh, that that is that is a real thing uh, and, and not ignore it and not dismiss it um, you know but but the but Orwell talks about and, and I might again I might be conflating these two ideas but this these are the, these are the way they linked in my head mm-hmm. um, but you know it drove it drove people crazy you know to have that until they until they fully embraced the system hmm. because what that what that did was allow allow that cognitive dissonance to not question either thought interesting so how did they how did they embrace the system what does that mean uh well the so so there were people that were assigned specific specific uh tasks these this class of person does this this class of person does this uh yeah so you asked how did they how did the folks in 1984 embrace the system they 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 did not question or push back from their roles that mm. were assigned that's how acceptance. they did it yeah accepting it and 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 the double think was at least in, again this is how i thought about it was mm-hmm. a um, a phantom of truth that was used to to control um to control uh, the population mm. to keep to keep to keep them in line and to keep them in their place and so you know you and I have talked about this a lot how there is this as a an, as a black person there is this pressure to conform to the group uh, because if I start talking about settler things or white magic things then I I'm no longer as black as I was correct and um, yeah so um, I yeah that's to me that's the same happens in white culture, but with different consequences. Yeah, let me. Hear I'm that. not American as I was. Like, like when I see an American flag right now, somebody that is flying an American flag because of the way the culture is right now. To me, that's almost th- a threat because the people that I have seen in the areas that I've lived that are waving the flag are talking about taking away the rights of voters, taking mm. away the rights of women, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. But taking it, you know, taking away the rights of, of trans and uh, people or homosexual people or, wh- or whatever population is affected by the laws of the country that still uh, still try to keep them, quote unquote, in their place. Um, so, you know, I, it sounds like it, that the double thing for you is painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because and... it's uh, because I. I have this idea that this country is good, and then I see all this around me that, and the people that are pro-America, a lot of their behavior, I find are, I find it really difficult to deal with. And so, how could both be true? How could I live in a mm. great country and also have the people that are that I see that are a proponent of that great country mm. act so heinously? 
uh, in my estimation. And those having those two things be true is, is really difficult to hold. It's really difficult to hold on to. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so in Orwell's book, he uses it for like nefarious purposes. But I think it's just something that happens in humans is that we have these contradictory ideas that happen. And, and um, what what I think we do to survive is dismiss one of them. Mm. It's much easier to dismiss one of them. It's much easier for me as a white person to say race is a myth. Um, we're an equal country. And, you know, the science, the science and data that we have that says that more black people are killed by police, more black people are imprisoned by police, don't have access to education or food uh, the way that the majority culture does. Uh, it's easier for me to say that's all a lie hmm. and dismiss it because then I can hold the I can hold the, the whole idea that the country is great. Mm hmm. Yeah. And my identity is assured. Mm hmm. But if I have this contradictory idea, then my identity becomes split. a threat can be split. And that a Man. split identity is is a is a broken person, you know, or, or yeah. you know, like you know, it's we think about um, schizophrenia or something like that. Like it's a it's an unhealthy state. Um, when in reality, these things are just true. We have to believe we have to believe the experience of people, and we don't have to understand it uh, before we we move before we have action. That hmm, the the humanness of this thing, mm -hmm. um, the that the 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 sharedness of it is so uplifting for me. I mean, it's just the best thing to hear you be in pain on your double consciousness because mm. I'm in pain on mine mm. and it takes one to know one as mm. Dave said in his <laughs> special the closer mm. um I I I feel as though we need to understand that we all have this double consciousness and this warring cells so that we can c talk about that because I mean I it, again it just makes me feel free to be in my war and mm -hmm. I'll just share what my therapist said to me. my my therapist my therapist said something that because I'm an open person I, I didn't question I, I accepted it as a reality and and used that to to conceptualize what it means if it was true yeah she said I don't know how you feel about the um, afterlife and souls and things mm -hmm. of that nature but could it be that your spirit chose this exact double consciousness to have mm because it was necessary for you to do what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And hearing that was very helpful for me because it gave my, my pain, um, some autonomy. It was mm -hmm. like, this was actually a choice and, uh, meaning, and meaning and meaning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to have that choice to know that I'm warring with myself because I have a meaning and a purpose to identify the wars within all of us so that we can see that we're all the same and we're all human. And, and again, I believe this double consciousness and the veil and all these things and everything we talk about in the podcast, these are unifying human experiences that when we discriminate between the circumstances and when we pick and choose the results and how it shows up, we separate ourselves and we miss the humanness of it. And we're focused on the relative pain that we feel. We're focused on the relative suffering. And that's what we are ex explicitly shouting out. Yeah. But what we're missing is the pain, the suffering, the, 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 the war internally is shared. We all are sharing those things. And if we can reflect on that as, a, I mean, nation, culture, community, globe, like whatever, however yeah. big you want to scale it. You know, I, I, I just think it's so freeing and uplifting. And I, I talked to my wife about this concept because, one, she typically doesn't like she's a doer. Like thinking and talking about this stuff is a waste of time. Sure. Right. Sure. So she's action oriented. She's like, oh, but but she entertained it for a little bit. And she shared what her dueling self was. Mm. And she was like, as a woman, 
her double consciousness is her self-acceptance of her body because mm. she loves herself. Yeah. And the judgment of the the collective society of what a woman should look like. Yeah. And she's always battling that it within herself. Mm. And I heard that and I was like, damn, that's yeah. I, and I know her personally and mm-hmm. intimately. So I know that is her, her warring self. And it's like my war probably feels just as painful as her war does. Mm. And it allows me to empathize with her in a way that I sure. I didn't understand because every day you ask me how how often do I notice the double consciousness in the veil? Yeah. It's like mm, maybe all the time. It's like, oh, my wife is walking through that all the time. Yeah. You know, oh Rich, you are going outside like is this my country? Like, damn. Like mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And that well, and I think the difference is in, in what I'm what I'm meeting with other folks is that you're accepting that that's what what's really happening with her. You're not dismissing that. You're not saying, well, no, no, it's not true. It's not science. It's not whatever. Mm. It's it's I've got a million reasons why you don't feel that way. Mm. You're not dismissing the experience. Now, you're not going out and making laws right now based on the experience. But at the very least, you're acknowledging that it's that it's something that's really happening and both yeah. sides do this we both we both you know like i think that there are, there are more severe consequences for people not believing uh marginalized historically marginalized groups there the consequences mm-hmm. are much higher um you know for um for those groups and and we can see that in throughout history um you know so at the same time like you start you, you i think it starts with and this is why this is such a revolutionary time is because people are starting to believe other people they're starting to believe women they're starting to believe black people they're starting to believe gay people mm-hmm. that their experience is valid and true and 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 not explained away by the mm-hmm. by uh, either the collective or the um the powerful minority, you know, the powerful is kind of leaders of the world, the smaller, the smaller group of, of, of wealth and, and, uh, power. Mm, yeah. And, and it's, it's evident that, well, but so what do you, th- I, I mean, I believe that these things, we've always been aware of them, you know, um, there's, we, we are in a time where we are more mature about how we are discussing these things. Sure. I think. Yeah. Um. I, but I, I shared with you a YouTuber. He says memes matter, mm-hmm. and he he goes through the the psycholo- the psychology of memes. Right. And I I actually caught a TED talk on double consciousness that I thought was truly compelling because uh, this person um, shared how they were called an Oreo all, all their life mm. as a kid. And I was called an Oreo. Um, and what an Oreo means is you're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside, mm. which is the double consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, that is a childlike insult. But what it is, is, is it's actually child insight on a real factual reality and a phenomenon. Right. Mm. And accepting that that these these dueling things are real and we like kids see them you know mm-hmm. people see them and kids that are rude and, and malicious when they're kids they're really identifying things that they're noticing mm-hmm. and i'm sure my wife dealt with some insults that identified that you know one group is telling her she's too pretty and another group is telling her she's too this or too fat or something like that right, right, right. and that becomes this warring thing you know mm-hmm. i'm too black i'm too white whatever mm-hmm. it is i'm getting both sides of it yeah. And and that's why I say the collective and the sort of elite is that it's it's pressure from both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, with with each of those sides, you you have that added pressure of like, well, do I lose my blackness if I become, quote unquote, more and more white or is or is and this is probably controversial. 
is your experience a truly black experience and you are part of black culture and this is how it is. Mm. Black mm. culture has this, has this uh, people that are in this space as well. It's just like you. Yeah. You know, and and I and I guess for me to just go one more, I think, you know, it's it's a it is the human experience. And, mm. you know, depending on where where you are in the world and in cultures and things of that nature, your double consciousness will look different. Mm. Right. But we all share that. And so if you are black, you might share this double consciousness, but there's probably other black double consciousness because the key piece of it for me, the Oreo only exists if you have white European education. Mm -hmm. You know, the Oreo is removed if your education is different. If what yeah. they, the feeling that they pipe in there is totally different. Yeah. So, you know, it's unique to, um, to melanated people in white education spheres. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my wife's, you know, her double consciousness is unique to, you know, people that, grew up where she grew up and and right you know i think yours is different because yours is based on uh relationships that you have and um and there's probably people that share that exact same double consciousness mm -hmm. um and i don't know if but the, but here's the question should we be making policy based on double consciousness should we be you know like i mean i guess because policy is driven by population and population is driven by just who's there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the argument of, of my double consciousness and the veil being reduced by the culture around me, I, you know, I don't know if that's possible. Um, I, I don't know if that's something to invest in. Uh, Cause I think even Du Bois talks about, you know, just one step is accept that racism is a fact and um, accept that that's a reality. And he believes in changing the piping a little bit by having black teachers teach black students, which, you know, um, sure. it might have its own uh, negatives and things of that nature, too. But but that's that's kind of well, one of the how's he suggested. Yeah. And I think I think his larger point is we need representation mm -hmm. versus segregation. Like I know that he was he was in some ways pro segregation mm -hmm. because I think he saw the benefits of it. And I know this is weird to come from a white person, but I'll just be an imperfect ally here and say, you don't have, I mean, unless, unless black people stick together, you don't have black wall street. And, and if you, if you, like you just talked about if, but if, if all my teachers are white, I think that is the, uh, that's the representation of, of int intellect. That's the representation mm -hmm. of, of education or, or a higher, a higher self is a white, a white person. Yeah. When, but, but if you have black people in space, it, because it's true that white black people, like they can be educated, like there's no, we're all cousins. Yeah. You know, there's no difference. So, so, uh, so yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. That's, that's my two cents on his um, push for that is, is that that's, that's so important. Um, and, and having black dollars stay in black communities and so important, so important, but segregation yeah. became, you know, and, and, and probably is in some level uh, too problematic to continue. You know what I mean? It's this, uh, we, we, we just, we just saw the, the negative impacts of it on, on black culture as well. Yeah. So, but, but again, it's this, it's how can you have a thing that has good, good and bad in it and still talk about it in any kind of way, you know, unless you're pro or against it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, can't talk about the concept even. Yeah. And then that's why we have to. And the voice even mentions, you know, like democracy is the battling of ideas. Right. And yeah. if we're not bringing them forth to have the battle, then it's not a democracy. Yeah. And if we're silencing CRT, then it's not a democracy. Like we should be having the, the discussions. We should be battling with the ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I 
I, I really love that I read this book. I love that we went on this journey with, with Du Bois because he, at, he looks at yesterday so vividly that it's today. Like it's, it's, we're living in everything that he discusses. Yeah. Um, which I think is really powerful. And he, he, he talks about the stages of, of the dual consciousness. He, he, and he says stage one, once you're aware, stage one is revolt. Yeah. Um, stage two is assimilation. Mm-hmm. Stage three is self-realization and establishment. Mm-hmm. And if that's true for me, I, I believe, you know, because he's talking about the black double consciousness. Yeah. Then I, then I believe that's true for all humans. I, I believe that there is a path to that stability and Orwell stopped at assimilation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think there is a way and, and I'm challenging myself to get there yeah. is to that point where I have the self-realization that I'm human, that I'm, you know, this is almost a Nietzsche, like going so deep to yeah. Buddhism to like, I am rooted in humanity. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who I am. I realize that I am established and this war within myself is a human war. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think the American war sometimes is do we focus on causes or do we focus on dollars? Like, you know, what what is the war within myself on how I need to spend my time? And people yeah. go, let me just focus on dollars right now or let me just focus on revolting and fighting back. Yeah. Um, and that's the human experience. Um, but knowing that it happens in stages and knowing that it's a shared process um, is really powerful for me. And I'm thankful for Du Bois and for Imperfect Allies for us just to be able to talk about it like this. Yeah, absolutely. And we just really broached the subject. So we're, we're at about an hour and, and we wanted to kind of keep them at these hours. So um, thank you all so much for uh, spending time with us, listening to us. And, and we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, you know, you can reach out to us on Facebook, on Insta, uh, all social media platforms. Um, and uh, you can join us on Patreon. I mean, we, we have a $5 a month Patreon tier, just one tier. You get access to all of our live shows. Uh, you can come on, the, come on the show and talk to us uh, through chat or or uh, jump in the call with us and and uh, and be in our next show so so uh, please we'd love to hear from y'all um, and if you can't support us on patreon uh, please uh, like and subscribe uh, uh, do those uh, do those social media things five stars on Amazon are on uh, iTunes is is great for getting us the algorithm to recognize us that we're an entity so uh, <laughs> and so, yeah and if you know some like-minded people or or diverse people share share us yeah uh, introduce us to more people which we really want to grow this community and uh, we really we really believe in what we're doing here and so we're so thankful for y'all i i feel like every time we finish these things i walk away with a sense of acceptance mm-hmm. a sense of love and progress and um you know we're we're gonna tackle booker t next yeah and um we we are also thinking about having an opportunity for it to be just a kind of like a feedback situation where we bring y'all in and we just have a full conversation about both what do we walk away with what do we learn and so we want to schedule something like that for you as well Mm -hmm. um but please share us please please just connect with us in any way you can we love having these conversations with you but as we end every show because we we have to we all got other things we have to do in the life uh we end it always with a peace peace